the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let everyone say, Amen. Pastor Richard Benjamin Haynes. A long time shepherd in this household of faith called Salem Missionary Baptist Church. To my former student and friend, Reverend Paris Xavier Key, to the members of this church, this household of faith, this colony of faith, to my brothers and sisters, one and all, how delighted I am to be out of Stonecrest, the old Lithonia, moving from there to Atlanta day after day and to be invited to quiet, clean, clear, tranquil Lilburn, where the living is easy <laughs> and where you have solved all of the problems. <laughs> Everybody looks pressed down, starched, beautiful smiles, and everything seems to be in divine right order. I only recently discovered this historic place and how blessed I have been the two previous Sundays I've worshiped with you. The music takes me back across the years to my home church, the Oakley Baptist Church, where this, the music was identical to yours. So this blessed Baptist continuity warms my heart and makes me feel good and helps me to understand how you could produce a Japaris. and how you could produce a Chase Watson and Amon Holmes. Those last two young men studied at Morehouse this summer in a Lilly Endowment sponsored Summer Teenage Theological Institute. And I want you to know the two young men on the screen flanking my right and left, who you sent to us, are quite exceptional. They're intellectually exceptional, emotionally exceptional, and their social intelligence is exceptional. You can have high expectations for what they're going to achieve because you are going to give them to the world and they are going to be a blessing just like your Paris. You're doing something here, Pastor Haynes, that I feel needs to be celebrated. This is a wonderful ministry, and it's very quiet. You can almost drive by here and miss it. <laughs> now, I could go on and on in this regard. Your pastor, who invited me to preach this morning, told me what your theme would be, and I see it on the front of your program and the, the text that it is based on. And then he told me that I could preach anything that I wanted to preach. <laughs> but just in case you don't think what you're going to hear addresses this theme and this text, let me at the beginning, before I get started, answer the question. So the text reads from John 12, verse 32, the King James Version, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, 
I will draw all men unto me. How do you lift up Christ? How do you lift Christ up? The answer to that question for me is by revealing Christ in your interactions with others. You see, it's an inside job. You can't project to the outside what hasn't already taken place inside. And you can't give away what you don't possess. Lift Christ up inside before you can lift Christ up outside. I have addressed your theme. Amen. I want to speak to you this morning, and I'm going to invite the women in the room in the sanctuary to eavesdrop. I want the men to increase your hearing power. As I read to you the text for the morning sermon. Found in Genesis, the first chapter, a chapter you're quite familiar with, but I think there's a verse there you've overlooked, and it is verse 16. So if you have your Bibles, or there it is on the screen, I want you to follow as I read out loud. Verse 16 in the King James Version reads, with one modification, by the preacher. I guess you could call this the Lawrence Carter translation. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. God made the stars also. I have titled this verse for this morning, The Glory of the Unrequired. The Glory of the Unrequired. How many of you here today intend to be great? I'm tempted, and I'm going to yield to the temptation. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. If you are in here today and you intend to be great, raise your hands. Stretch them out. Put them up high so that everybody can see. Everybody look around to see whose arm is in the air. Look around so you can watch for their faces and names on the front page of the Lilbourne Gazette. We're going to hold you accountable. Well, if it's not you, then who? If it's not you, it will surely be someone else. Martin Luther King Jr. said, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You don't have to know about Plato and Aristotle to serve. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity to serve. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics in physics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. But I can understand if you didn't raise your hand. Because greatness, like money, 
power, and prestige are not ends in themselves. They are byproducts of our commitment to something beyond ourselves. Greatness is a moving target. Just because you had easy passage through high school, your first year at college, and graduate school, into a fraternity or a sorority, into church, into your first job promotion, into marriage or parenthood, does not mean that the wheels of success are permanently greased. No, they're not permanently oiled for anyone. Not now or ever. The move toward excellence, men, in education and greatness is not easy. The move toward making the Salem church more than just average is not easy. The only fate that the future has depend on the choices that you and I make in this year of our Lord, 2019. My advice for you today is don't petition. Give yourself permission. You are the answer to your prayers. When Charles William Eliot was president of Harvard, from 1869 to 1909, he created the elective system. What did he create? The elective system. Now this caused a worldwide revolution in higher education because it was the first step beyond required courses. A student could elect a course beyond what was prescribed by the faculty for graduation. To choose or elect the unrequired in all of life is the first step toward greatness and the kind of excellent leadership the world so desperately needs. If you choose the unrequired, it is the first indication that you have the awareness and the courage for glory. You have the strength to be the change you wish to see. Now the glory I'm talking about requires more than being young, gifted, and black. It requires more than owning your own home, having money in the bank, being healthy, married, lettered, and having children. You may be a graduate of one of the nation's finest professional schools, which means simply that you met the requirements. That's all it means. But doing the unrequired is the only way to bring out the stars. Now, the glory of the unrequired involves not just a contribution, but a commitment. Now, the difference between contribution and commitment may be seen in a plate of eggs and bacon. The chicken contributed the eggs, but the pig committed itself. Now, what, men, are you being in your life? Are you thinking only about a contribution? Coming here each Sunday, all dressed up, spick and span, sitting on these soft pews like a lump of protoplasm, all dressed up and going nowhere. You're thinking only about a contribution? Well, if so, you're only meeting the requirements being put before you by your family, your pastor, your professors, or your boss. But if you are committed, as Martin Luther King Jr. was committed, if you have convictions 
and not just opinions. If you are trying to grow into a fruitful future, an excellent tomorrow, you will be ready when necessary to go beyond the call of duty. You may expect the glory because you have demonstrated the unrequired. Why do you need to go beyond the required on your job, at church, in college, at home, with your neighbors, with your opposition, and when you're doing missionary work at home or abroad, when you're trying to decide for whom to vote? Because the real troublemakers of this world are not only the ignorant and insensitive, but the learned and lazy. I'm thinking about somebody at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue who doesn't read. The embodiment of evil and injustice also graduated from college. And these manifestations of evil join church every Sunday. Preach every Sunday. Attend prayer meetings and Bible study while hiding a gun and play at being spiritual. We also live in the age of shortcuts. An age where our basic philosophy is, that'll do. We do just enough to get by. America in general and institutions like churches in particular are filled with people who are masters at cutting corners to make a fast buck. We have lost the fine art of craftsmanship, scholarship, servanthood, being divinely undrugged with commitment to the science of ideals called ethics. Haven't you wondered lately, reading the headlines and looking at the news this morning, whatever happened to ethics? There's clearly been a demonization of virtue in the White House. We are concerned about making a prophet not being prophetic. And so today, you have invited me to Lilburn. I'm at Salem now. Today, I want to ask you men to inhabit glory. Yes, move in. Live on the growing edge. Cherish service above gain. Practice the upward reach. Make perseverance your bosom friend. And live a committed life like Jesus. And like Martin Luther King Jr. If you are going to live a complete life, an authentic existence of excellence, a nonviolent respect for all of humanity, then you must go beyond the required at home and internationally, interracially, interreligiously, across all differences and diversity. You must learn to respect everybody's humanity, even the humanity of your oppressors. This is what it means to lift up Christ in your interactions with other people. Vote for the best. Don't vote for the safe ideas, the least, the easiest, or the cheapest in yourself. If you vote cheap, you'll be cheap. Vote for an expanded consciousness, a larger address than the street on which you live. 
Answer the question, who is my neighbor? Answer that to the president by saying, not America first, but neighbors first. Come on, that should have gotten a shouting amen. Neighbors first. That's the answer to Jesus' question, who is my neighbor? It's whoever you encounter, wherever you are. Vote for unconditional love and all conditional responsibility. Whose child is this? It's your child. Because it takes a village. Not just blood parents. And with this Christian attitude, men, you can rock the world like Jesus, like Gandhi and like King, and most recently like Robert Smith on commencement morning at Morehouse. Or like Oprah Winfrey, who put more students through Morehouse College, 415 for four years paying all of their expenses, like Oprah Winfrey like Rosa Parks, like Mother Teresa, and yes, like Michelle Obama. It's men's day, but I had to get some women in there also. <laughs> Vote for the road not taken, men, and that will make all the difference on our troubled planet in places like Charlotte, Ferguson, Cleveland, Baton Rouge, Dallas, New York, Las Vegas, El Paso yesterday, and Dayton this morning, and Lilbourn tomorrow. Don't think you're safe. Because I am suspicious about your geography. I am suspicious that you got some neighbors around here who put the current occupant in the White House. Let yourself be used by great ideas. Build air castles, chase the rainbow, go to the mountaintop, grasp after the moon, and yes, reach for the stars. And be a candle in the dark. Aspire to perspire, to inspire before you expire. Aspire to perspire to inspire before you expire. Now in the first chapter of the book of Genesis, the 16th verse, you will find once again these words. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser to rule the night. God made the stars also. Wake up the person sitting next to you. I'm looking right at him. Wake up the person sitting next to you. And all of you repeat after me. The last part of that verse says, God made the stars also. Okay. Now this verse says that God made the sun to rule the day and the moon to rule the night. But God did not stop there. God created the stars also. They were unrequired. Long before you and I appeared, the infinite spirit was at work creating life and the cosmos of dynamic natural possibilities. The worlds were ideas in the mind of God that had been realizing themselves through the ages. God is not through with natural arrangements, value creation, and God is certainly not through with our human potential. 
Everyone in this sanctuary is destined for greatness. Children, fathers and mothers, singles and gays, straights, everybody, nobody is excluded. The only reason greatness has not come to you is that you are blocking it. Or either you are asleep. Turn to your neighbor. You know, I'm working too hard up here. I'm going to put you to work. Everybody, turn to your neighbors. Look to somebody on your right or your left right now. Go ahead and do that. Just look them in the eye. And I want you to repeat after me as you're looking at them. Say, are you working on yourself? Doing the best you can? Or is this all we're going to get? You know, some folk, young and old, come to church and retire. (laughs) You know, love is an action word. When you get baptized, you get baptized into the army of the Lord. And you have to be ready to go out and fight evil on all levels. The stars, however, are the giant glories of creation. The star system nearest to our earth is Alpha Centauri. It is 25 trillion miles from us. Just let that marinate for a moment. And its diameter is 10 million miles across. Nobody knows how many billions of stars exist. And the text says, God created the stars also. Also. The creator had already taken care of the day and the night with the sun and the moon, the creator did not need the stars. But the creator thought we might. Think of the immensity of that also. Thomas Edison, Thomas A. Edison, was called a dunce by his teachers. Struck over the head and made to go and sit in a corner. He only had three months of formal education in his entire life. Nevertheless, with his creative powers, he gave the world the light bulb, the dictaphone, the first voice recording, and a score of other inventions that brought us from the horse and buggy age into the space age. All of this was unrequired. You must make your present and future worthy of the best in your past. You must live on the growing edge. God must work through you for you to be an excellent transformative leader. I was born in a house where I could look at the floor and I could see the ground. I could look at the ceiling, tin roof, and I could see the sky. You know what the rest of that house was like. 
but from Terrell County, Dawson, Georgia, to Lilburn, <laughs> when most folk thought that was not possible, All right. All right. as the old folk would say, well, here, here I is. <laughs> Your circumstances don't predict your possibilities. Winston Churchill failed the eighth grade three times, but he still gave England her finest hour. Honors come late by steady steps. I know four men, four men who had infirmities, illnesses, one had leg braces, one had a bad back, and two had bad hearts, hearts that were sick. They were never called handicaps. Do you know what the world called them? Mr. President, because they all sat in the Oval Office at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They did not let their physical ailments freeze their futures. They were strong in the broken places. They did not avoid the pain of thinking. And neither should you, men. What you do will be eternally your shame or ultimately your glory. You may think you have some serious problems sitting here this morning but you don't have any problem that is insurmountable. There's nothing wrong with you that you cannot overcome if you walked in here this morning on your own power. God may have to deny you peace. You may have to be reluctantly, reluctantly, you may have to be the one to come out of the closet. For God to give you growth, goal, glory, and greatness. You can't grow in a closet. There's not enough room. To do the unrequired, you may have to march into hell. Yes, you may have to go to hell for a heavenly cause. Like moral excellence, real freedom, and human rights realized. Right. Martin Luther King did not go to school to be a civil rights leader. Did you hear that? Right. He wanted to be the pastor of a church like Reverend Haynes, become college, college professor like Cornell West, and to accept the invitation of Benjamin Elijah Mays to be president of Morehouse College. That was his goal. Protesting civil and human rights violations the treatment of the poor and the Vietnam War were beyond what was required. King knew, however, that self-imposed ideals carry a moral imperative, a command. They are obligatory. They obligate you. They put a demand on you, a requirement. King drew courage from his own ethnic history when he learned about the Underground Railroad and its conductor, Harriet Ross Tubman. You remember Harriet? For a total of 19 times, ladies, listen, she successfully led 300 African slaves, including her aged parents, from the muddy banks of the Chesapeake Bay through Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, and New York to the peninsula jutting out between Lake Erie and Lake Ontario, just beyond Niagara Falls to St. Catharines in Canada, the land of the North Star and freedom. She didn't have to risk her life on these foot trips she could have stopped after one time and still have been considered a heroine. But no, she went beyond the call of duty and she did it 18 times more. 
She was a liberated woman, both fearless and feminine. And somewhere I read, and if anyone forces you to go one mile, says the scripture, go with the other person two miles, a little extra. Let me interrupt myself for this commercial to announce to you that that is why at Morehouse College, very shortly, I'm going to put up a big oral portrait of Harriet Tubman to send a touche to the White House that blocked Barack Obama's wanting to put her on a stamp. If you don't gracefully bear the cross, you will never light candles in the dark and wear the crown of greatness and excellence. Do you have the nerve and the courage to advocate the alternative to violence, especially gun violence? We need advocates this morning. We don't want Lilburn to be next. Can you love your enemies? That is what it means to be a real Christian. And I don't mean just tolerate your enemies, but have a spirit of infinite compassion toward all people, including the Donald Trumps of the world. Well, you got quiet on me. I'm not surprised. But that's how difficult it is. It's one of the hard sayings of Jesus. I'm talking about a commitment, something extra, going beyond what is required. Being a winner means being able to forgive a murderer who is obviously a sick person. It requires burning the midnight oil and making a commitment, not just a contribution. Jesus gave his life at 33. King gave his life at 39. Both Jesus and King wanted to live. They did not want to die. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. If you want to move mountains with faith and force, becoming dedicated deliverers in the tradition of Jesus, yes, Buddha, Moses, Tupman, Thoreau, Gandhi, Mandela, Ikeda, Gulen, Teresa, and King, then you must do the unrequired. All right. See that little litany of names I just called? Some of them you know and some of them you don't know. That's my way of saying to you what I mean when I say you got to love everybody. And you got to respect everybody's peaceful contribution to the building of global humanity. If you want to spangle the night of this nation with unprecedented brilliance, then do the unrequired like Jesus. Lest you think there is no night, let me cite some more evidence. The rate of blacks killed, black men killed by police, white police, in the year 2015, was five times higher than white men who died on September the 11th, 2001. You can't just hear these statistics and be indifferent. There's a reason for this. The amount of hate websites found internationally now stands at over 11,500 and rising. Hate websites. I'm trying to give you the, a picture of the platform from which the shooting is coming. And you can best believe I got some more ideas about where the shooting is coming from. I'm just not taking time to tell you. I have a suspicion many of you know in the United States, 260,000 people, Jews, African-Americans, gays, immigrants, Mexicans, black Africans, children, and women are victimized each year by hate crimes. 260,000. 
look at this morning's news, El Paso and Dayton. And don't forget Las Vegas. But today, over 30 people are dead from a terrorist-like attack. I'm going to just say one thing. Vote. You have no one to blame. People died for you to have this opportunity. Harriet Tubman used to go through slave cabins at night and pick up little babies and look into their faces and she'd ask with grammatical irregularity, is you the one? And today I'm privileged to stand here to look into your enlightened advantage faces and ask, are you the one? Are you the ones? The ones who will find a cure for cancer, create global peace, end sexism, gender discrimination among women, end homophobia, bigotry, racism, class conflict, ecological pollution, credit card fraud, abortion, child abuse, water contamination, create new jobs in the Rust Belt, in this country, in America, are you the ones? If you are not the ones, what does it mean that you faithfully get up every Sunday and make your way here and go home? What does it mean? Are you the one who will start listening to the unheard Americans who elected Donald Trump? They live in Lilbourne, Georgia also. God is always throwing in little extras. God is always throwing in little extras and going beyond the call of duty. In the Christian tradition, God was willing to die. God is very patient with governments that are oppressive. God practices empathetic acceptance because God so loves the world. God goes the second mile, forgives seven times 70, mm -hmm. visits so-called enemies, eats with sinners, yeah. raises the dead, yeah, yeah, yeah. walks across troubled waters, and makes them be still. God always does a little extra. Yeah, yeah. God even washes dirty feet and puts the joy back into parties where the wine has run out. All right. All right. And God welcomes professional fools back home who have wasted their inheritance. Right, yeah. God always goes beyond the call of duty. God always has a robe, a ring, shoes, and a fatted calf, and a party for the prodigal who has returned home. It must always be said that the stars come out when it is most dark. When there appears to be no hope, the question on this men's day is, do you intend to shine? Do you intend to grow, expand, manifest, realize, increase, reveal, actualize, or become excellence? Are you edging your way to greatness? Are you in tune with greatness? Gandhi was, Mary McLeod Bethune was, Mother Teresa was, Nelson Mandela was, Martin King was, Jesus was, God is in tune with greatness. There have been many others who went beyond the call of duty. The class that Dwight Eisenhower, Douglas MacArthur, and George Patton graduated in from West Point is the class that the stars fell on because they all became four-star generals. The need for continued creation and new solutions is urgent. What will you add? What will you do beyond what is required to resolve these problems? And others, like the violence between so-called practitioners of the world's great religions. Isn't that something? Religion is supposed to be about peace and love. 
But look at the violence between the Hindus and the Buddhists between India and Pakistan. They stabbed Gandhi in the heart on the eve of his greatest victory, bringing independence to India. More people died because of that victory of Gandhi than history had ever seen. We are not quite human yet. Benjamin Mays reminds us that it's not a disgrace not to reach the stars, but it is a disgrace to have no stars to reach for. Not failure, but low aim is sin. Your reach should exceed your grasp, or what's a heaven for in the first place? And so the scripture says, he gave us light for our days and a lantern for our nights. And then he threw in a little extra, the stars, to spangle our midnights with lasting beauty. And as if that was not enough, Salem, he hung out one more star. And he said, if you're wise, you will follow it. He didn't say worship it for you zodiac-oriented people. He said follow it and obey, emulate, and manifest, fulfill, realize, actualize, and be like that to which the star is pointing. And yet, as if that wasn't enough, he went even further for you and for me on a cross. Are you men prepared to go from glory to greater glory? If so, then go and do what Jesus did. Do the unrequired. Light a candle in the dark and the glory will be yours. Then you can shout glory, glory, hallelujah. God's glory, that's my story, doing the unrequired. Amen. doesn't get any clearer all of us in here you've been moved preaching boils down and the word of God boils down to a self-examination where are you nobody nobody can nobody knows that but but you you're unsaved. If you, your relationship with God is not what it should be, only you know that. What is required of us? What, what, what it is that we must do is reach out toward him. If thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead thou shall be saved you're here you're here and you have not done that this would be a wonderful day matter of fact it's the only day you have the only time you have now's the time if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ move if you've already accepted him and yet not giving him your best you ought to be moving right now Jesus keep me near the cross there a precious fountain and it's free to all a healing stream that flows from Calvary's mountain lift your voices Jesus keep me amen amen Jesus
just one moment everything that we do in the church leads to this moment that's why we can't rush this moment because everything we do choir rehearsals board meetings all those things lead to this moment most important moment in the life of the church if we're not effective in this moment then we may as well close the doors. So right now, right now, search yourself. If there's a need for you to be moving, then that need is for you to move right now. Don't put it off. Come now. While people are praying for you, come now. 